Boop. Boob. There are four of them in this room. At least. My name is Heidi, and uh, two of them belong to me. Congratulations. My name is Rory, and uh, my ribs look like second boobs, so that's four. Hey. We're and pretty obsessed with books and movies and music, and every episode we talk about ones that we enjoy. Be warned. Spoilers ahead. We're doing our very first nonfiction. Oh, yeah. And it's it's non-fiction. super it's super <laughs> academic and like really smart and just, just we have really a really witty and like intellectual. And we have yep a we, hard to grasp concept. Concept. But. We have like a junior science. We have someone who's like gonna grow up to be a doctor. Like very science. We have a masters of English. And our first nonfiction book for the podcast is the complex infrastructure known as the female mind by Lion K. <laughs> <laughs> it is exactly what it sounds like it's going to be. Oh yeah, no, it's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> it's um, it was it came out in two thousand three or two thousand four, and well, I can look that up. Two thousand four, and oh. it is just the different types of girls that exist, the different types of guys that exist, the different types of uh, friendships that girls can have, and then friendships slash relationships that girls and guys can have, which is just it's so good. It is so good. So I think we should start by reading the list of types of girls. Oh, yeah. No, but like, I'm just going to put it out there. This was the exact type of book that I needed this week because I've been like reading several kind of deep books, mm-hmm. like kind of dark, hmm. a little bit much. And like some were for school, so I had to get really into it. So it just it made me laugh a lot and I was happy. And you have not had a mood until you have mooded the mood that is reading this book by Reliant K and listening to music by Reliant K at the same time. That is peak a thing. Types of girls. The athlete, the rock chick, the diva, the homecoming queen, the mathlete, the overachiever, the poet, first chair, the drama queen, the airhead, the girlfriend, and vanilla pudding. Hey. I read the, I've read this book so many times. I, I, th- my copy is relatively new. It is because I do not know what happened to my old copy, and I cannot imagine that I got rid of it. Yeah. So I'm thinking that someone borrowed it forever. Yeah. Oh. Like that they borrowed it and then moved is what I'm thinking happened to it. Ew. And I said, uh, "It's fine." And what I meant was, "I'm burning you." <laughs> I am in a seething, fiery rage pit of hellfire. What I mean is I think I think recently during my room purge I threw out a photo of us together. And it might <laughs> it, <laughs> <laughs> um, That's peak it, rock chick. <laughs> it was not the only photo of us together, to be clear. But it is and I have many a digital copy, but it was a printed photo that no longer is in my possession. <laughs> I'm not 100% wow. sure if that was the, the same person, um, but it, it, that's a thing that it happened. It is forever now in your brain. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Because it's also the only person I could think of who would want to borrow it right. and then never return it. Right. Um, who I am willing to imagine has a copy of my book. Anyway, I got a new one. Yeah. And I also got a, a new one, but I had never previously owned it. So this is a new copy, and I got it with Heidi. Hey. Let's have you start off, since I've read this book a bazillion times. That's my official count. (laughs) It's official. This is a nonfiction episode, remember? (laughs) Yeah, no exaggerations. Only the facts. Yeah, no, definitely. But, okay. So, I really liked reading it because I was sitting next to a diva, like, after reading that specific chapter. Mm -hmm. Like, I read during lunch Mm -hmm. um, the other day. No, today. Mm-hmm. Yes? Yeah. Um, and I had read the chapter on the diva. And in that class period, after lunch, she, uh, like, wasn't listening to what was happening. Mm-hmm. And she was literally putting up her hair. Like, she was grooming. That is a huge thing in the diva, like, yeah. section. Mm-hmm. And she was literally grooming. She brought out hairspray. <laughs> And used hairspray. I don't even have. <laughs> also, have I told you why I don't wear body spray or perfume? Mm-mm. It is not be- for other people. It is. It is for the fact that 
I had so many like kind of divas in high yeah, school that's like there I was thought. a cluster of divas yeah. and so the bathroom smelled like four yeah. different kinds of body spray and I was like I'm not willing to contribute to the problem yeah, no. I'm not a part of this problem I agree so that is why uh, I do have really nice perfume now but I only wear it like when I want to be right. a grown-up but I, I <laughs> when I'm grown-uping but like I don't do body spray every day because I'm like no 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 yeah, no, my little essential oils, rose oil, like <laughs> this essential oils. <laughs> I'm an essential oils mom. Don't at me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's start with the uh, Yeti of this podcast, who is the the one who has not yet appeared and yet has been mentioned in almost every episode. What do you think Chloe is? <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think we are all. Mm-hmm. The Linklings, which, um, side note, we'll get to that in a later episode when we're talking about what the Linklings mean mm-hmm. and the pure, intense pun that is the Linklings. It's it's four layers and we're not going to tell you any of them. Suffice it to say, there's a reason Chloe's been mentioned on almost every episode. Yes. It's, it's a group thing. Yeah. It's great. She's it's, great. Yeah. So it's us three. But I think we're all kind of the rock chick. Oh, like, for there's sure. There's a little bit of rock chick in every one of us. <laughs> I have I have too many tattoos to not be a rock chick. Yeah. <laughs> as well as our friendship mm-hmm. is very like the rock chicks hang out together. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rock chicks and poets. Yeah. Also, a thing about the rock chicks is that they tend to be artsy, but also like they don't even understand their own photography. Right. Is there is. Yeah. And a lot of this book is like since it came out in 2004, like it that means that like three or four generations of high school students have passed through since it came out. Right. Um, and so a lot of things it's like this does feel a little bit anthropological. <laughs> like some things it's like this has been updated but like right, that the right, rock right. chicks like dye their hair certain colors yeah. or whatever it's like that's not true and like converse are now much more common right but it took about 10 seconds for me to think of like an alternative that oh this is what these people are doing now and yeah. i have a theory what it is so strong i'm what? willing to push it i think that the same impulse that created the rock chick evolved into hipsters because Ooh. all of the emo scene kids became what in college? Hipsters. And so when their little siblings looked yeah. up to them, okay. what was produced yeah. out of the rock yeah. chick? Yeah, that's fair. Like the evolution of the rock chick became the Hipsters. hipster. <laughs> um, and, and the same type of like, you haven't heard of them. They're obscure. Oh and that God. makes me smarter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we all have a little bit of rock chick in yeah, us let's no, just be honest a bit, we all have a little bit of that like mm, you wouldn't understand it's obscure oh you've never heard of them doesn't surprise me <laughs> <laughs> oh we are s- sorry guys we are spiking this episode Ooh, it's we're excited it's a happy book <laughs> it's a really happy book and we yeah. needed this we needed a happy y'all needed this too probably don't don't play y'all needed this all right so she's got some rock chick valid continue and okay we're gonna get into this later because i just want to mention the other two mm-hmm. that i mostly think but i believe there's a tiny tiny bit of homecoming queen mm-hmm. and um a lot of overachiever see yes okay okay my homecoming queen bar is set at Aaron Emmerich because my eldest and I sister is a homecoming queen type yeah. and so for me I have a very hard time identifying homecoming queens right Be- uh although Chloe is a little bit of the drama queen more than the homecoming queen in my estimation <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. not a homecoming queen. Oh, no. My eldest sister is a homecoming queen, and it's a lot of pressure. Ooh. Yeah. And I, and I, so less pressure, but still pressure. Pressure. All right. I, I know what I think I am. I want to, I want you to type <laughs> me and me to type you and see how, like, off we think the other one is. Um, yeah, I think you're first chair. Okay. You're not at all the poet. No, God. I write so much poetry and I just hate everything (laughs) about this version of the poet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We have no poets in this fam. Yeah. And again, just like a smidgen of rock chick. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like, 
I don't know, a little bit mathlete. Like I can sense the previous mathlete. Mm-hmm. Like it emits from you. See, I feel like I was a first chair about academics. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's like that that fine like the mathlete is is more kind of subject specific. Right. Whereas the first chair is like they're hype about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the mathlete is less likely to be hype about it like with other people who are involved. Even right. though like mathletes have their com- competition friends, it's much more isolated, whereas first chairs are crazy about right. their their topics so i i yeah it's hard because i definitely had a little bit of mathlete but it wasn't about math or science yeah no i don't think it really has to no it doesn't have to first chair and mathlete overlap a lot and the difference the difference that they draw if i understand it correctly is that first chairs are not so much that they're introverted it's more that they are guarded Mm-hmm. Whereas mathletes tend to be introverted mm-hmm. um, and not just introverted like around people they don't know, but even around people they do know, the mm-hmm. mathlete is much more quiet. Whereas first chair, it's like you just got to get the first chair in the right environment and they just explode with personality, <laughs> which is why I think that we are both first chairs more than mathletes, right. even though you are a total mathlete like academically. Right. Like you have some mathlete characteristics because hello, grades are fun. A grade. Hello. My favorite activity in school was ruining the curve for everyone else. And winning. Victory. Victory is mine. Frodo the The door. door. (laughs) I don't think, I don't, what's weird is that I played a bunch of sports, but I was not at all the athlete about them. Like, you've seen sports, Heidi. That's not the athlete. (laughs) That should be a type of girl. Sports, Heidi. Sports, Heidi. It's when you let a rock chick judge sports. (laughs) But, like, the rock chick is very into the sports. Yep. And knows a lot about them. Sport, 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 sport. (laughs) (laughs) The hiccup laugh that means you failed. (laughs) It's like, what was that? Um, Do we... I think we may know a professional girlfriend, the professional girlfriend, and we're going to let that drop. Um, Just like in general, like I know, I know one from high school too. Um, And she got married right out of high school to someone she'd known for like six months. And everybody else was like, this is insane. And my dad's like, I think she just always wanted to be a mom and a wife. And like, that was her ambition. And they have the cutest family. Like their hashtag is team Perez. Oh my gosh. Like they're such a couple and their kids are super cute and well-behaved and the greatest Hoppa combination. They're Eskimo Mexican work wow like (laughs) yes so it is not necessarily an insult but it is that is a thing um i think we all have a little overachiever in us well yeah duh (sighs) that's just okay i'm trying just kind of like yeah yeah i i think you are more of a first chair than a mathlete yeah in in the way that you approach the thing it makes sense i do feel like at school, mm-hmm. I am definitely a mathlete because, mm-hmm. like, I am not at all, like, kind of gets a personality once you talk to her, like, at school. Oh, yeah. But also you don't have any, like, academic competition things and you do have a personality with Hosa. That's fair. That's a more academic, though. That That's is true. More of, like, that an is academic true. thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I could see both. I definitely had... And I make a competition oh. out of all the academics. Crap, my accent. All that's the true. Time. Yeah, you're the more you're talking, the more I'm like, yeah, I had some athlete in me. Yeah. It's just currently suppressed because I'm not in school. But wait for it, MFA people. You just wait. My <laughs> inner mathlete will return oh, no. on season four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Because I'm around like people who are also doing the math and stuff and who are good at it and like i realized like at the beginning of high school that oh yeah i'm pretty good at this i'm uh making a competition out of everything aren't i oh that's fun like i automatically ask my other friend who's good at math like oh so what'd you get oh that's cool mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> curious do we know any poets like the poet i don't i i think i did 
in my in grad school yeah but that's grad school you're bound to know at least one the poet <laughs> yeah in oh you mean during my master's of english <laughs> yeah exactly. i met one <laughs> um yeah yes rock chicks involved in evolved into hipsters yeah my theory is that first chairs evolved into indie kids yeah like the very distinct band kid here so for those of you unfamiliar with the term indie kid that is more what i would classify myself with that's more what i would classify classify myself as um like over like a hipster or something um or punk because i'm too too gentle (laughs) too gentle (laughs) too gentle um and so indie kids versus hipsters let's discuss briefly because this is this is a thing I've wanted to find a way to get on this podcast. Ooh, yep, 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 yep. yep. Uh, indie kids are less concerned with their likes making them special versus their work. Yeah, hipsters are much more likely to think that the fact that they read an obscure book makes them cool. Yeah, indie kids are much more likely to say, "I took this cool photograph. That makes me cool." Yeah. Um, so it's much more art focused, which is why I think that's where first chairs yeah. kind of. That would be another word for that. Um, they also don't stand out as much fashion-wise. Like, indie right. kids have a very distinct look. Yeah. But it's yeah. not a look that... It's not a copy-paste, this makes an indie kid, like the rock chick or a hipster. I think it's basically, like, you fit what your clothes are doing. Like, you yeah. fit your clothes, and your clothes fit you. Your clothes fit both your body and personality. Exactly. Yep. Like, that is indie kid vibes. Mm-hmm. Like, you can throw in a hat or a few... <laughs> Mm-hmm. You can have, like, it doesn't have to be a very specific thing like hipsters kind of are, mm-hmm. but, like, it's very much, it fits you and your personality and, like, what you, and you like it. Like, yeah. that is the main, like, you like how you dress. That is a main qualifier of an indie kid. Also, another qualifier, uh, indie kids have unironic likes only. Yeah. There's nothing that it's, like... I watch it for the irony. Like, you might watch it to make fun of it, but you are watching it, like, <laughs> yeah. genuinely having fun. Yeah. Instead of, like, you don't really do very many things to seem smart, and you don't do very many things in your free time, obviously, um, right. for the irony. Yeah. Like, it's not ironic to like Star Wars. Like, I'm so cool and hip, but I watch Star Wars because, you know, gotta have something to in common with the masses it's like grow up grow up star wars is great and everyone has Lord fun of the rings is great Frodo the door vroom room i have a bad feeling about this what's not to love it's great there's a spaceship named after a bird that doesn't exist in that galaxy what more is there to love Yay! so uh any i'm trying to think of what else makes makes like what that distinction is because it's 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 frustrating when those two things get mixed up yeah um indie kids are inclusive yeah no indie kids are much more inclusive and not like they're not necessarily like bullies like by nature that's true an indie Mm -hmm. kid can be a bully but like indie kids aren't bullies Mm -hmm. like they won't hear something that you like and end up like (laughs) that's funny you're doing it for like the irony or, or like they won't try to rationalize what you like or what they like yeah they very much like oh that's cool like you're Mm -hmm. they're the type of people to say you can like something just because you like it like you don't have to like it for a specific reason Mm -hmm. i think hipsters are a lot more like oh so why do you like it like what is the reason i feel like also hipsters have can can not all of them but often have the same problem of like the wrong kind of fanboy yeah oh you like star wars name what each color lightsaber is for and it's like i like watching the movies like i like them i'm not this is a course on them like i'm not majoring in star wars yeah this isn't (laughs) my life but it is a part of my life and i'd like you to respect the fact that i enjoy having it as a part of my life that's indie kids yeah this isn't my life it's a part of my life and i like it also indie kids i think have more have more disparate friend groups in the sense that like an indie kid will connect with like, oh, we're friends because we have a few of the same classes and we like to talk about like yeah. the subject and and like that's fine. And then yeah. I have my music friends and my surfing friends or whatever. Like I have my like acquaintances throughout school so I can like, you know, kind of mm-hmm. get in through class, like not hating everything. But hipsters are a lot more like, oh, I'd I rather can't have friends here because yeah. I don't like it here. 
Like, I can't enjoy myself because I don't like it. Not like, oh, I'll make the best out of a bad situation. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to have fun, but I'll, like, make a few friends or something. That's a lot yeah. more like indie kid as opposed to hipsters who are a lot more like, I can't enjoy myself at all. Like, I'm going to be miserable this entire time. Mm-hmm. Also, side note. Thinking that it's mature to not have friends your own age is extremely immature because that means there's an entire age bracket you're incapable of interacting with. (laughs) Uh, Just a thought. Yeah, just make your friends. Like, Like, whoever ends up being your friend, don't search for, like, a specific type of person. Like, of course, don't... Like, of course, you can search for, like, a kind of type of person, like a... uh, Like a good person? Yeah, exactly. Like a generalized, (laughs) like... Hmm, I want them to like music at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want them to have any opinion on this subject, but it doesn't have to be mine. And I think that's a lot more yeah. indie kid. Like, the yeah. friends can have different opinions, but, like, they want you to have an opinion on that subject. Mm-hmm. Like, hipsters are a lot more, we need the same opinion, mm-hmm. or you can't sit with us. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, and that that's, yeah, the more we're talking, the more I'm like, yep, that's where those two yeah. groups evolved. Because this is, you know, 14 years old, so the way that school groups break down and the way yeah. that types like yeah. grew up. Cause even when I graduated, which was in 2011, like we were much more indie kids than like rock chicks. Yeah. Um, in part because my best friend was such an obvious rock chick, but, <laughs> um, but because it was so like, these are the friends that I hang out with because we like the same books or these are the fr- like, and there was yeah. a lot more of that. It, it's, um, it's a lot more like I'm going to find as many connection points as I can, yeah. not I'm going to find as many points of opposition as I can. Yeah. Like with relationships is like, yeah. do you want to be friends with me? What do you like? Oh, we have one thing in common. This will be enough to be acquaintances. Let's do it. Would you want to be friends? I'm very good. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to be the friends with me? I'm very good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, I think we need to talk about how ridiculously good Reliant K did at explaining girl relationships. Like, oh my gosh. Like the types of girl friendships. The oh, herd, yeah. I had never thought of it that way, but yeah. the herd is basically a, a group of girls that has a singular mission. And the triangle is the worst. And realizing you are in a triangle friendship. <laughs> so the triangle, three people are friends, but secretly only two of them are actually friends in two different directions there are two members who are not friends with each other they are friends with the third person and if the third person goes away the entire group falls apart yes and a triangle friendship is the worst because if you are the point person you always have this feeling that someone is third wheeling yeah like if you are the point person you know that someone's third wheeling because they don't actually get along that well yeah and if you are not the point person, you're vying for the point person's attention. And if the point person goes away, you've now lost a fake friendship and a real friendship <laughs> in one fell swoop. Oof. And if yeah. and if the point person goes away and you didn't realize you were in a triangle friendship, you think you lost two real friends in the same fell swoop. Yeah. I've had that several times before. Yep. Same. It's funny because in elementary school, I was more likely the point person. But like throughout the rest of my life... I've been more of like a a, a different person. I'm giving you a hug with my foot. <laughs> it's in a boot, but I think foot you understand. Boot hug. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Triangle friendships are the worst. Ugh. Also, the nemesis. <laughs> I have so many nemesi. Nemesi. <laughs> um, and in this, the nemesis is someone you do respect. Like they are someone you are friends with and respect. Yeah. But uh, they are, they are not. They are not someone you want to lose to. Yeah. Campfire girls. I forgot about this, and I'm like, yep. Oh. I watch it every summer at TTM. Oh. <laughs> yeah. People you're friends with seasonally or surrounding an event like a camp. Yeah. No, that's. Oh wow, that's so fun that I've been a part of a camp. Like technically, it's a camp, and so I get those types of things of like. Oh, well, some are friends. <laughs> like, oh, if we see each other, like, in the halls, I'll say hi, but I'm not going to tell you my life story. Yep. Outside of summer. Yep. Also, sisters with an A. <laughs> I feel like everyone's got them. Hawaii is weird. That is actually possibly the type that is hardest for me to grasp. Yeah. Because Hawaii actually does have a thing for, like, you're a part of the family now. Yeah. But it's, you can't 
it's not possible to take it back. Yeah, no. So it's very weird to be like, oh, this in theory could 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 backtrack. Yeah, no, it's it's hard to. We have Hanai, and once you go Hanai, you, you never, never go, go bye bye. bye. I'm I'm thinking that because of that in Hawaii we don't culturally have the singular best friend. Yeah. Like it's just not a thing. Like you would ha- everyone has multiple best friends. Yeah. Because this sisters category doesn't exist because Hanai does. Yeah. And so those two are reversed whereas yeah. where in this book sister is one step below best friend and I think here best friend is one step below Hanai. Yeah. For sure. Because best friend like you can slowly back off from being a best friend and become something else. Hanai is like yeah. It's literally like the reason there's no adoption papers is because everyone already has their own parents. Yeah. <laughs> and like you can Hanai other children. You can Hanai like this is my Hanai aunt. And it's like, oh, no, this person has all the expectations of a blood relative on their interactions with me. You can even have Hanai like cousins mm-hmm. or like uh, nieces or aunts mm-hmm. because your other family members can also Hanai. Mm hmm. <laughs> It's like a big family tree Mm -hmm. with like a lot of branches and like apples growing out Mm -hmm. everywhere. Well, like it's it's like my Hanai dad is Hanai brothers with my brother sister with my mom pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) And his wife and my mom are not like super, super tight. And but they're they're friends, but they're not like ultra tight. And so I'm like, we're all Hanai related. (laughs) I've got a Hanai family. Yeah. How does this work? Don't ask. It's it it, it does it's it doesn't need to function like a biological family. That's the whole point. Yeah. And I just gained all of the complicated relationships by attaching myself to Hanai Heidi. I have so much complication. <laughs> Welcome to the fam. And I hear from it on the outside (laughs) (laughs) without feeling like a like a gossip situation. It's very much like, oh, no, I need to vent. You're reviewing the situation. I'm reviewing the situation. I made a joke. I'm your fiddler. (gasps) I must quickly look up everyone I know. (laughs) Titled people. Boys and girls are. Oh, the backup. I've had a couple of those. And the outfielders. Oh, I've had an outfielder, and I feel bad about that. And I, uh, I no longer have an outfielder. Oh yay! Like as soon, like when I read this book, I was like, oh. And then, like in my lifetime, I have made it. I've worked very hard to make sure I don't keep an outfielder around yeah. or a backup. Um, the outfielder is the person who is an acquaintance who you're kind of seeing how it'll go. Yeah. The backup is someone you keep around in case you need a spare boyfriend. Yeah. Um. And and both of those things are not cool. The outfielder is an okay thing to have briefly because that's at that point of the relationship where you're not sure if you should be friends with them. That's right. fine. Don't keep an outfielder around. Yeah. Like, have one and then get rid of them <laughs> as quickly as you can. Yeah. Like, move, demote them back to study buddy, promote them to friend, whatever you need yeah. to do. They shouldn't stay in the outfield, yeah. is my opinion. Mm. No. I agree. And since there is absolutely no way to cleanly transition out of this book into the <laughs> Halloween segment, we have two Halloween-ish things. One is a YouTube movie, which we're going to talk about now. Well, actually, it's a play, but we're going to talk about it. It's called The Solvent Squad Returns, Solvent produced Squad. Ah! <laughs> by the Tin Can Brothers. Oh. It's a send-up of Scooby-Doo, and it's so great. <laughs> it's so great. Oh, I love it so much. I rewatched it the other day. I'm like, why haven't I rewatched this um, a thousand times? Like, I've wanted to and mm-hmm. only rewatched it twice. Yeah. So it was originally a stage play and they filmed it professionally. So this is like released by the company that wrote the play. Yeah. And it is so good. Um, it sends up Scooby-Doo brilliantly. There's a dog named Klubert that is a, <laughs> that is a <laughs> hand puppet and the entire play, nobody indicates that Klubert is not a real dog. Like, that is not yeah. indicated anywhere like you think that someone's gonna call out the guy who does the hand puppet for like having a fake dog nope no and they acknowledge that it's a hand puppet dog like they don't talk it's not like a a puppet that on stage you're pretending it's real it's like no everyone just treats Klubert like a real dog it's hilarious (laughs) (laughs) Um, this is your brain on Esther is probably my favorite scene and if you just google that favorite scene ever yeah Lauren Lopez, what an actress, <laughs> delivering lines so fast. 
you know, great epic lines like, I'm not a detective. I am a sample lady at Costco. I have an apartment, apartment with, with a refrigerator, a girlfriend with a boyfriend, and I am happy. <laughs> that is peak mood. Yep. Like peak. I am not super stressed out all the time. Please let me be. Why are you asking me to live up to my potential when I could coast all the way through an average oh life? Yes. <laughs> You're asking me to live up to what I can be. And what I am saying is with 0% effort, I can achieve what is the dream for so many losers. Don't ask me <laughs> to change. This is fun. I like this. Also, having uh, Ashley Clements, who played Lizzie Bennett in the Lizzie Bennett Diaries, say yes a thousand times yes. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, wow. Just Excellent. Peak, peak good reference. Yeah. Peak reference. So the plot of The Solvent Squad Returns is that in middle school, they had a, so a squad called The Solvent Squad. It's exactly like the Scooby-Doo gang. Yeah. Don't. It's not hard. And then the characters are like exactly like the Scooby-Doo game. It's such a clear send up. Um, and then they uh, break up over this case that they can't solve. And then in adulthood, uh, late their late 20s, early 30s, they return <laughs> to solve the, the murder of Kubert. Solve it. Solve it. squad. <laughs> and they call themselves the Solvet solve Squad. squad. It's uh it's really good. It it feels like a Scooby Doo parody, but it also has enough to it that it's like if yeah. even if you're not a huge Scooby Doo fan and it, it stands on its own. It's also like the only Halloween thing that I care about because Halloween is yeah. not my favorite. I had a, and Halloween's not even not my favorite holiday. It's not on the list of yeah. contenders. No, yeah. Like Halloween comes after New Year's Day. And do you know how Ooh. boring New Year's Day is? <laughs> um, like Halloween comes at, Halloween I think ekes in past the days that you don't get school off, like all the other ones. Oh my gosh. Um, um you and, don't even get school off on Halloween. No, it's you don't. Pointless. No. no. Cuz it's a, a not true holiday. So yeah, it it it's yeah. So, Solvent Squad Returns is my only Halloween movie. It is the only thing I could, and it is not again a movie. It is a filmed stage play, which yes. honestly just makes it funnier. Uh, yeah, one guy has to play like nine characters. <gasps> oh my Brian gosh. Rosenthal is my hero. Throughout the show, he like it's kind of like he goes off stage and then he comes back as somebody else and like that type of thing. But there's this one scene near the end where he's literally changing wigs like on stage, like it's like a like a wigs and accents. Yeah, like a split person. Like he turns to one side and then he goes back to the other side and like he has wigs and like accents and he's like literally holding the wig in his hand as he's this other person. It's hilarious. It is. It is one of my favorite one man scenes like that involves character switching I've seen in anything like they have a fight like they're fighting it's a couple fighting with yeah. like two witnesses and yeah. they are oh it is epic sauce you want to see it there's only one other Halloween thing I care about because there's not much to talk about for Solvent Squad beyond like watch it yeah that's fair but I did want to I did want to say it is explicit just for you viewers oh, out there very yes. It is extremely a lot explicit. Of stuff. Esther's great, but there's a lot of drug stuff. Lots of drugs, lots of... Uh, it is explicit linguistically, and a lot of things are indicated, yeah. but there is not, like... It's not graphic. Like, there's yeah, not no, graphic no, no, sexy no. time on stage. Um, I have seen explicit plays where, the, like, there's nudity yeah. and stuff. It's not yes, that. It's, it's cussing and references. Yeah. And uh, people pantomiming drug use. <laughs> a lot Again, of drug use. It's favorite scene. <laughs> like I said... This is my brain on Esther. Um, yeah. Or this is your brain on Esther. Excuse me. I'm sober. I just like the... <laughs> I am sober. But I like... Yeah. In that scene, there's just a... I have a thought. And it's like a shrub. Like it just comes out of the ground. Out of nowhere. And then I look around and there's all these other shrubs. How did those get there? I didn't, I didn't plant, plant those. <laughs> Oh. That is peak mood all the time, always. Yeah. Like. Oh, yeah. It's like a, I mean, that's, I'm just another Sherlock trying to struggle through <laughs> a world of 
Watsons and worse. <laughs> Watsons and worse. Yeah. Like, Watsons are fine. And then there's Mycrofts. Then there's everybody else. Now, well, Papa Lestrade. Papa Lestrade. What's his first name again? Greg. <laughs> it is Greg. No, I know. I was. It was a joke. <laughs> Mrs. Hudson's fine. We like Mary. Anyway. Rory needed a minute because I am a Sherlock in personality and I forgot to mention Molly, the greatest hero of our time. Okay. Dr. Molly Hooper deserves our praise and adoration. Proceed. <laughs> to the only other Halloween thing I care about? Yeah. The creepier epier. By Reliant K. Ooh, yep. Two Reliant K things. Actually, we're going to have a third, but we're talking about creepier epier first. Here's yep. the deal. Reliant K released two Christmas albums over the year, but then... The year they released Air for Free. They also released a Halloween EP and a Valentine's EP and an Earth Day single. Hey. And no Christmas thing, which yep. I was like, all right. Okay. But they already did their Christmas album. Creepier EP has a song about Halloween costumes not fitting and how uncomfortable that is. The Butterfinger greatest. Butterfinger cups. Butterfinger cup. The Butterfinger cup. And uh, possibly murder. Yeah. Halloween Noatana? That's murder. Yeah. It's that's, mur- mm, that's murder. <laughs> <laughs> cool motive, still murder. <laughs> um, and it, it like it's a great little Rocky P. But also, if you listen to the lyrics, oh my gosh. it is not stealthily about any of these things. It is no. not like you feel like you were trolled because you figure out that it's about Butterfinger Cups. No, no the chorus is Butterfinger Cup. The Butterfinger Cup. It's, oh my gosh. And the first time I listened to it, I was just kind of dying laughing the entire time. Not because it was like bad, but because it was so good. Like I literally enjoyed the music. Mm -hmm. Like it was good music. That's what was hilarious to me is because like all the lyrics were like really funny. And like it was like a, it was a Halloween EP. Mm -hmm. It was great and it was about halloween but it was so good like i genuinely Mm -hmm. want to listen to it like when i'm not in a halloween mood i want to listen to like halloween blues or like oh the halloween blues is such a good song also like i cannot explain what makes me feel like that and solvent squad are the same thing yeah no maybe it feels yeah like because solvent squad's not like a mean parody no i think it's because it's good like it's a parody and it's funny, but, like, it's really good. It's super tropey is yeah. the other thing. Yeah. Like, it's very tropey. Also, I feel like we need to mention this just because if you're a fan of uh, the Harry Potter musical, mm. <laughs> it's a lot of the same people, like, yep. in Solvent Squad. Yep. I just, yep. I forgot to mention that, and that needs to be mentioned. That Draco plays Esther. Uh, yep. Oh, that needs to be Ron mentioned. Ron plays Scragtowski, who's the... St- the shaggy character <laughs> like scrags scrags if you watch lizzie bennett diaries uh the daphne characters played by ashley clements who played lizzie like all the heavy hitters of yeah. the internet are in this play sorry that needed to be yeah, said that needed to be said for your reference it it's great i'm okay with interrupting reliant k for that yeah also to tie it all the way back esther is very much a uh i would say mathlete yeah and uh what's if lizzie bennett her character name who i gwen gwen and i like gwen ooh ooh jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) um gwen is a diva yes okay oh so clearly all right awesome just needed to throw that out there (sighs) creepier epier they also did an EP called the Creepy EP, like in 2002. And so this is called the Creepier EP, but on the cover it has an ear. So it's the Creepier EP. It's so good. I love it's so that. extra. They're so good at naming things. They're so good. All their namings are good. All their names are good. Bird and the B side. All the things that they write are good. And they're so good at funny songs and serious songs. Their music, their titles, their books. The harmonies. It makes me feel like a rock chick. Like that point in the rock chick description in mm-hmm. which they describe like <laughs> Reliant K. Like oh, loyal to Reliant K. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> mm, I'm so loyal. I'm loyal. 
And then they did the Valentine EP, which because neither of us care about Valentine's Day. We're mentioning it today. Also, I have uh, I have been in a relationship for two Valentine's Days before. I don't care about it more yeah. when I'm in a relationship. Just throwing that out there. Like, it's not the, oh, you're single, so you don't care. It's like, no, literally, just, I, don't I don't care. care. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, I appreciate I appreciate the gesture. Yeah. But I, I don't. Also, you do not get points for remembering Valentine's yeah. Day. Like anniversaries, surprises. But like Valentine's Day, it very much feels like you're expected to do the thing. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't, you fail. But it's very much like attendance. Like you are attending this holiday. Yeah. Like Halloween. You you fail yeah. if you don't attend, but there's no points for doing it. It's like a participation award. Yeah. <laughs> like you get a participation award for like, oh, Con- good job. You yeah. did it. You participated in Great. society or you participated in this relationship. But uh, the only thing I will celebrate for Valentine's Day is the Truly Madly Deeply EP by Reliant K. And Candy Hearts, which there's a song about them. There's a song about candy on both of the EPs, and mm-hmm. I think that's important. I think that is important. They understand the priorities. Well, they did the they did everyone's favorite song. Uh, it was a hidden track on their second album mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't have a name, but it's Skittles and Combos. <laughs> and for years and years and years, people would bring Skittles and Combos to the to the shows. Anyway, <laughs> Candy Hearts, epic, epic, epic. And they totally stole the opening riff to one of their most iconic songs on purpose. They were just like, we're going to reference our own riff because we're extra. Because extra, 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 read all about it. Extra, read all about it. Valentine's. Those are good Valentine's. That song is so cute. I listened to all these songs today and I'm like, wow, I'm rediscovering how much I love them. Like Mm -hmm. unironically. I unironically love all of these things. And Reliant K just in general unironically love so them so much like it's mm-hmm. like oh when i realized that they wrote a book or when you told me that they wrote a book i was so so happy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. also i just need can i be sincere for a minute of course great i'm so excited that there are people to share reliant k with again because a few of my f- whoops i dropped my book a few of my friends like were into reliant k and then they had this thing of like I'm growing up and therefore I can't like the things I liked in middle school or what high do school. You mean? I agree. I can Hipsters. T- yeah, I continue to be a Reliant K fan. They've also grown like with me in the sense that their album about like their album that has like college kids and hoops I did it again and all of that came out when yeah. I was like a freshman right. and mm-hmm, came out when I was a sophomore. Like mm-hmm. that kind of thing or cl- not quite Either they came out then, or that's kind of when I discovered them. Right. Which, honestly, what's the difference? Yeah, no. So, it it very much has always felt like they were growing up with me. So, it's nice to have people who are Reliant K fans again. It's just so good. They're just so... They just are so consistently good. You introduced them to the Linklings about a year ago? Mm Mm-hmm. Up just about? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I introduced it to the larger group, and then the Linklings are the ones who... Who stuck with Reliant K. Well, yeah, because we're the Linklings. <laughs> we're the ones who listen. <laughs> uh, we're the ones who click on the link. <laughs> that is one of the layers of the pun. Congratulations. We have created a new layer. There are now five. It is a five-layer dip. Pun. Beans. Wow. <laughs> yeah, click on the link. You click on the link. You download the playlist and, and the mixtape. Reliant K. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it very much started with like, oh, you sprinkled in a few into playlists that you made me. Mm-hmm. Over a year. Over a year. Yeah. Because you put some in the first playlist that you made me. In the Agra playlist, yeah. Yeah, which were um, the summer before sophomore year. Oh, the very first playlist. So yeah. over a year. Very wow. first. So it was definitely... Because um, yeah. Agra I made when I got my eye surgery, so that was only yeah. about a year ago. But yeah, no, there was one before that. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And they're just so good. And I'm so happy that you discovered you like all of their me like them as a band with a few songs you don't love as much instead of like, oh, I only like five or six songs by them. No, like I love them consistently. And like I haven't listened to all the albums. But again, I'm an indie kid, not a hipster. I don't need to like go deep into it to like love them like Mm -hmm. i don't need to know every single song on every single album like i'm still discovering them and it's like it's like when you're watching a show that you really like and you don't want to speed through it 
because you want to enjoy it and mm-hmm. you want to enjoy the time. I can like stay stuck on an album or I can listen to all of them and like blow through them. Mm-hmm. But I prefer to like start with the newer ones because it's what I was introduced to first. And mm-hmm. like right now I'm, I'm on collapsible lung mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm getting really into that and I'll slowly move down the list. And like, I just, I, I enjoy them and yeah. I really appreciate being able to listen to them and yeah. discover new things that aren't new. And also they're, they've, they've been around for over 10 years. Yeah. And so like, I, I feel very, I don't, I don't think that this is true for every band, but I feel like if you were introduced to a band in their second decade, like there comes a point in their first decade that it's like, you're not obligated to like this. Yeah, no. Like if a band's been around for a long time, like, I, like they're a Reliant K album. So I'm like, I don't listen to this album or like, right. like I don't listen to their first album hardly ever. And then their second album I listen to sometimes, but it's more of like, I'll listen to two or three songs from it right. that I still really like. Cause that one's like very ironic, funny, yeah. like may the horse be with you, <laughs> Sadie Hawkins dance. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. a it's a great album, but I don't listen to it as much. Yeah. And like I listen to them more and more and more the newer they are. Not necessarily because they're newer, but just because I connect more to the yeah. to the ones that are more mature. Yeah. So. And that's true of like all the bands that I've liked for a long time. Except for Classic Crime, whose first album was Fire and has and continues to be excellent. <laughs> and continues to flame. Mm, look, burning. It's a flame. We were like, oh, perhaps the flame has sputtered. And then Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> you set me up and I hit it off the tee. <laughs> <laughs> we apologize. This is, well, not that much. Reliant, Reliant K is great, but this has become a little bit more about Reliant K instead of the specific albums. But we're okay with that. There are six songs. There are six songs on the albums. And you know what? There, one album's about Valentine's. The other album's about Halloween. I recommend all of the songs. All of the songs. I, I cannot pick a favorite on an yeah, album no, that has three songs. No. I ref- no, out of the six songs, I can't pick a favorite. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I can't either. I was going to pick a favorite, and then I realized <laughs> that is incorrect. No. Nope, I can't either. Yeah. And I also can't pick a favorite Reliant K song, and I can't pick a favorite Reliant K album, and we're going to continue to feature their albums sporadically throughout this podcast. Yep. So uh, if you don't like Reliant K, we're here to evangelize. <laughs> be an indie kid. Listen Good. to us be excited about something. You don't have to be excited. It's fun. We like Reliant K. We like the complex infrastructure known as the female mind by Reliant K. We like the Solvent Squad Returns by Tin Can Brothers. Despite how it sounds, there is not a Solvent Squad 1. And, uh... Nope. What... Rory. What is your wreck of the week? My wreck of the week, as always, is music. Because that is my main, like, thing that I can think of and, like... I, I'm just very like looking at mu- new music all the time because mm-hmm. I just I use it when I'm like doing homework. I use it all the time because I don't like being present in a room all the time. Also, I now uh, am listening to a ton of new music, too. Just a heads up because I finally caved and got Apple Music. So hey. I am Jasmine and Apple Music is my Prince Ali. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look at all these songs I don't have to buy. <laughs> hey. <laughs> all right. Sorry. What's your rec? Sorry. Um, so mine is an album called Snow Patrol. <gasps> it is. I discovered it a long time ago. Wait, is it is it Eyes Wide Open by Snow Patrol? Or is it the Snow Patrol self-titled? Eyes Open by Snow Patrol. I've already downloaded that one. I'm so ready. So I like all of Snow Patrol. But I like Eyes Open very specifically. Mm-hmm. Thank you for reminding me it's the album. Okay. It was showing up weird on my phone. But I just, I discovered this a while ago and like I need to rediscover it because I saw it and I was like, oh, yep, uh huh. I need to listen to that again now. Because mm-hmm. I, uh, it's just, it's very good. I really like it. I like the, like the rhythm. Mm-hmm. I really like the rhythm of all the songs and like, there's one that became kind of popular, and this isn't, like, I'm not being a... Because it's popular, I don't want to listen to it. Mm-hmm. I've just listened to it so many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just on, like, many things. So I kind of skip it, but, like, that's the only reason why. It's still a good song. Mm-hmm. And I just, I like them. They're nice. I like listening to them while, like, walking and all of that stuff. Yeah. They're just good. I, uh, I am also 
going to recommend music because I just got a bunch of new music. Um, So I want to, I wrote a blog post about this. I'm not so much plugging my own blog as the person who inspired it. So Josh Taylor from Blimey Cow posted this thing of like, these are the 16, like 16 really important albums to me that came out during my twenties because he was turning 30. And so I listened to a bunch of them. So I recommend all of them, but specifically my wreck of the week uh, is Rabbit in the Snare by the Lulz in Traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, that album. Have you heard that one before? Mm-mm. You will like it. Uh, so it's sort of like speak singing. And actually the reason that this is my wreck is because I wrote an entire song like because I felt like, oh, this is how to do this. Like yeah. I, it gave me my connection point to that kind of music. And I've liked it for a long time. Um, but this album I just got introduced to. And specifically the song Dominant, mm-hmm. which is uh, about the the singer. I don't know if it's if it's autobiographical or not, I didn't do any homework, but um, it, the singer is talking about how his father was an artist in rebellion against the KGB. And now mm-hmm. that he's an artist himself, like a musician, is he really an artist or is he just trying to please his dad? Ooh. Like, is he just trying to live up to the right. shadow of his, of his absent father or is he really an artist? And I'm like, imposter syndrome imposter syndrome a clear sign that you are actually competent hey mm-hmm. the incompetent people don't have imposter syndrome they just go why did i get a bad grade on this i have no respect for people who should have imposter syndrome and don't um or sorry who should be like i don't belong here and don't if you, no one should have imposter syndrome yeah no but uh yeah the lulls in traffic it's super mellow um sort of like you know when law dispute isn't yelling yeah that Oh, nice. Yeah, I like it. Um, so, yeah, I will probably recommend a bunch of things from this. And then when uh, when we stop recording, I don't even know if this is the thing. I'll be like, Rory, you got to hear it. It's so good. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it is definitely the, the biggest thing to recommend because I, I wrote a song like right. around this and I'm really happy with it. Yeah, that that seems like my entire wreck, which means roll credits. <laughs> Our theme song is Downtown Love by Reese from his EP, It's Okay to Be Sad, and we love having theme music too, so thank you, Reese. This podcast is produced and edited by Heidi, both Heidi and I do pre-production by reading and watching and listening to all of the things. Reliant K Plug! Hey! If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're really enjoying the show, support us support it by becoming a patron on through Patreon. All the information will be in the description. Yep. Uh, thank you for watching for letting us record here because it's a great place. It's AC. We love the high music. We love having equipment to record. Yep, we, we love them so much and if you are visiting Maui and want to stop in a music store uh, you'll also get to meet me. Yay! Probably. Yeah. Um, not on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Shabbat shalom. All right. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Butterfinger cut. <laughs>